This morning as we continue our journey uh, through the book of 2 Timothy, and uh, if you are uh, a guest or a visitor, if you're first time here this morning, uh, over the course of four weeks, uh, we are looking at the four chapters in 2 Timothy, in the book of 2 Timothy in the Bible. And, uh, and so this morning we are on chapter two, week two of this journey. And uh, I, I, I really hope uh, that some of you uh, found time uh, and were able to uh, open up your Bible and read chapter two before this morning. And uh, uh, maybe you, uh, uh, on, our, on our emails, on social media, if you were here last week, uh, I hope you were ready, expectant, and uh, were able to read chapter two uh, get get a, get around it, meditate on it, and uh, I know God. Uh, I know God would want to speak to you in that in your own time. And I know that as we prepare and we're expectant uh, and, and and prepared to come here this morning, knowing that that's what we're diving into. Uh, I know God. Uh, God wants to uh, speak to you this morning. And uh, can I just encourage you? You know, uh, maybe you didn't get around to it, and, uh, and that's okay. But can I say we we're, we're only halfway. And uh, so if I can encourage you uh, next week and the week after, uh, as Pastor Paul is here, he'll continue chapter three here with us. And, uh, and then I'll be able to close it out with chapter four the week after. And so uh, we're halfway. Uh, you have a great opportunity uh, to open your Bible, read the scripture, read the word of God, uh, be prepared and come here ready to receive. And, uh, and so to start this morning, I guess that's sort of the platform I want to jump off, uh, so to speak, because uh, I believe that, you know, that the Word of God is powerful, right? Uh, the, the whole, I mean, not the whole reason, one of the reasons we were even doing this, of, of going through the book and, and doing a chapter a week, is so that we as a church, as we as believers and as a community being united together, can read the chapter at home by ourselves and come here ready, knowing that this is what we're diving into, this is what I'm ready to, 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 to do, this is what we're doing, and, uh, and there's an opportunity of encouragement for you to actually read uh, the Bible, uh, not just here on a Sunday, right? Because uh, the Word of God is powerful, right? In Hebrews 4.12, and I think I've got it behind me, at the start of Hebrews 4.12 says that, the, that the, the Word of God is powerful and alive, Right? It's not just text on a, on a, on a, on a page. Then It's not just wisdom and it's not just poetry and they're not just letters from one person to another. It's, 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 this is the Word of God is powerful and it is alive today and is made available for you today. And, and, and it's something that we need to grasp a hold of. It's something that we don't just, uh, we need to not just look to on a Sunday morning, uh, uh, but we need to understand that the power of the Word of God and, and, and get into it uh, in our day-to-day lives and, and, you know, during the week, not just here on a Sunday. The Bible is, is so much more than just uh, a book to memorize. It's so much more than, uh, uh, than just a, a book to uh, throw on social media, throw some, you know, I'm just going to just pick out a couple of good quotes and chuck them on social media. It's more than just a, to a status on social media. It's, it's more than just knowing the Bible. It's more, yep, I know David and Goliath, know how that story goes, right? Yep. Moses, yep, oh, they're in trouble, but you know, split the seas, know that story, tickets. It's more than just knowing the Bible, right? Uh, the, the Word of God, the Bible is, is powerful and it's alive. has the ability to transform your life. has the ability to bring, to, to, to bring encouragement to you, to empower you. It has the ability to, to, to bring discernment, to, to bring guidance. It has the, the, the ability to bring power to your life and to help you in a season, through a season, to get through a season. That's the Word of God that we have today. That's the power 
of the Word of God. It's so much more than just a book. It's um, Funny, even just uh, this, this year as, as uh, stepping into this role as, uh, as pastoring a church. And, and you know, one of my most frequently asked questions, uh, and this is, you know, I'll, I'll give them in their defense. A lot of, them, a lot of these people that, that ask this question don't come to church, aren't Christians. But when I tell people, you know, what do you do, Trav? And I say, oh, I'm pastor at Harvest Church. And, you know, and, and uh, it's really good you should come. And, uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, one of the most common questions that I get is, so have you... Have you read the entire Bible? Right? Like, have, you, have you actually read it from start to finish? And I'm like, that's like, great question, but, like, but, but that's not the point. Right? Like, great question. I'd love to talk about this. And, you know, and, and, but but, but it's the, the, the point of the Bible is not just to read it from front to back. It's not just so that I can know it and, and memorize it and, and memorizing it and, and social media, putting scripture on social media, that's awesome, that's great. I'm not condemning that. I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm saying there's more to the Word of God than just those things. And so I've got this behind me. I just, I wanted to start with this and, 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 and with this statement. It says that in the Word we see God and we also see how God sees us. In the Word we see God and we see how God sees us. Right? So much more than just words, than stories, than poetry and letters. When we actually read the Word of God, we can see who God is. We can actually see the heart of God. We can actually read and hear and see the character of God. We can come to know who He is by His Word and what the Bible talks about and what it says. When we read the Word of God, we can actually get a picture of how God sees us. When we read the Scripture and the Word of God and what He says, right? We, can, we know how God sees us. Do you know how God sees you this morning? Do you know how He thinks of you? Do you know what He thinks of you? Do you know the plan and purpose that He has for your life? Do you know the passion and, and the grace and the peace and, 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 the, and the future that He has for you? If you don't, I know, I know where you can find it. I know where you can find it. And I found that, you know, when, when I read my Bible, I, I found that people who listen to and, and, and walk in obedience to God's Word, things generally go well, right? And ones who don't obey and don't live to what God says, things generally go bad. In, as individuals and as nations, that's what we read in the Bible. And, and how are you today? How are we meant to walk in the grace and the blessing of God when we don't know what He says? How are we meant to live a life and go, yeah, God, and, and, and I want to do what's right. How do you know what's right if we're not reading what God actually is saying to us? Bible's so much more than just words and a book. And, and so as we dive into this journey of 2 Timothy, can I encourage you? All that to say, can I encourage you? Next week, be here. Next week, read chapter 3 of, of 2 Timothy. Let God speak to you. Let the Word of God wash over you. And be ready to come here on Sunday going, I know that that is going to be preached. I know that that, that is going to be the center of this message. God, what more can you speak to me? What more can you bring to me? What more can you say to me through your word on Sunday as I'm already prepared, organized, ready to go? So today, 2 Timothy chapter 2. And uh, what I want to do is I want to focus on two sections, uh, two sections in chapter 2 that we're going to look at. And uh, the first section is in 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verses 3 to 7. The first section I'm going to look at today. So let's just read this out. It should be behind me. It says this, verse 3. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. 
Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I am saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Uh, Paul here is, uh, is using uh, a, meta- a metaphor, right? Uh, he's using the, this metaphor, this analogy of, of a of soldier, uh, of an athlete, and of a farmer. And, uh, and naturally, I was, I was never not going to preach about this because I love metaphors. I love analogies. I love the parables in the Bible. Uh, you know, I'm just, I, I think it's just so visual. Uh, it makes it so personal. It's like, yeah, I've been through that. And, 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 and it's, it's, it's easier for me as a, as a sort of visual person to get my head around what, what, what you're trying to say, what that person's trying to say. And so when Jesus uses parables, right, Jesus used a lot of parables and used uh, uh, real life situations to explain a point that he was trying to teach him get across. Uh, I love parables, and, and so here Paul is, is, is using this uh, metaphor uh, of, of a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer, right, to, as he writes this letter to Timothy. And I don't know about you, maybe for those who read chapter 2 during the week, uh, maybe as I'm reading it right now, but one thing that really stood out to me was verse 7, right? Think about what I am saying. The Lord will help you. And I will help you understand all these things. Um, I'm like, no, Paul. Can you just tell me what you mean? Right? Like, I don't know if anyone else got that, but I'm reading this going, like, I, I'm just, I, I, it stopped me in my tracks. Like, Paul, why couldn't you just write down what you meant? Right? Like, I know I've actually been, been doing the dive into... What it, what it actually took to write a letter, like in these days, right? Like it's, they didn't, you know, it's not just pen and, and email and it was a lot more technical and, and a lot more financially, you know, there was a lot of things to go into writing a letter. But I understand all that, Paul, but, but couldn't you just say what you meant? Right? Right? Imagine, like I'm just, I thought of it like imagine this morning. Imagine if you're like, you know, just read a scripture and, and then, you know, let God will speak to you and have a good week. Off you go. You think about it, right? Right? You'd all be like, what, the, what, is, what is this? Is he joking? Um, uh, well, just write it down, Paul. Like, it's not that hard. Um, just, just write it down. And, and, uh, and it was reminded, actually, last night, I, I remembered this conversation that I had with Grace um, just this week. And, and I've got it behind me. Um, I don't, it might be a little bit hard to read, but I'll, I'll read it out to you. This is on Facebook. We had a Facebook Messenger conversation and, uh, between Grace and I. And this is how the conversation went. I, I'm, I'm, it's, it's hard to read, so I'll, I'll explain it. Um, but on Facebook, the bubbles are the conversations that we type. And so I'm on the right, Grace is on the left. And, and this is how the conversation went, right? It started with me. I went, hey, can you send me the photo? Grace sent back a question mark. Uh, and then I replied, you showed me, right? And then she replied, of. <laughs> and then I replied, uh, from that person. And she replied, what? Question mark. And then I replied, of us. And she replied, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I sort of finished it off and just said, it's on your phone. Um, I-, I was reminded of this last night. I'm like, this, this is exactly what I'm talking about, right? And I'm sitting there in my chair. I'm just going, Pastor Trav, if you had to just spent 10 seconds longer in the initial message that was sent. Hey, Grace. 
It's a photo that you showed me of us that that lady sent to you. Can you send it to me? It's not that hard, right? But meanwhile, I had to put Grace and myself through the frustration, right? I'm getting frustrated at her. I'm like, like what? Oof? And I'm like, you know, what? can you even speak? And, like, and, and then I'm, you know, she's getting frustrated at me going, what is like, what? Oof? Like, what are you talking about of that person? And, and it can be frustrating. And, and I'm reading this in 2 Timothy going, Paul, you're, you're, you're going on about some soldier and some athlete and some farmer. And he's like, God will show you. Off you go, right? I'm like, no, I want to know what you mean, right? This is frustrating. I, I want to know what this is about. And, uh, and, and, and as I sort of was, was getting around this and, you know, soldier, this athlete, and this farmer, and, uh, and, and there's really, there's, there's so much in this. And, and, and the sort of, again, the deeper I dived into it, I'm like, man, you could, you could preach. I could preach. A, I could do a message just on the soldier and then a message on the athlete and a message on the farmer. And, and I took a step back. And I said, okay, okay, okay. Uh, what, what's, what's Paul, what, what's happening here? What's Paul trying to say? What's, what's he believing that God will speak to Timothy about? What's going on here? And, and, and I, I sense and I, I believe this, this common thread between the three of them, right? Um, there could be a number of things, but I, I believe that this, uh, I just really felt so strongly was a common theme between these three metaphors. And uh, the, the three things that I believe that was across these three um, things, these three people, soldier, athlete, farmer, uh, is that they all have a goal. They all have vision for the end. They all know where they're going and they know where they want to go. They're all driven by, by the end goal, right? All three of them have that in common, that they know where they want to go and, and it's almost like they'll do anything that they have to do, anything that they can to get there, right? A soldier will go through the, the discipline of, of a commanding officer. He'll go through the, the, the being put in the front line, the atmosphere of war, the uncertainty of war. The, the, the soldier will, will, will put his life on the line and risk it and, and, and go through this thing, but, but he'll do it all because he knows what awaits at the end. He knows that if I do whatever I need to do, we can win the battle, we can win the war. We've got this goal, I've got this prize at the end that I'll do whatever it takes to get there. An athlete has, has the determination, the discipline to get up early and train and, and put themselves through a diet and put their bodies to, to the limit uh, to win the race, to win the event. They, they see the prize at the end. The prize is to win the race. No, no, no one in the history of ever has entered a race going, I hope I get second, right? 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 Oh, if I, if I'm, my strategy is if I'm in the front with a 10 to go, I'll, I'll just back it off a little bit, right? No one ever, the, the, the goal, there's a prize at the end of the race and, it's, and the goal and the vision and the pathway and the purpose is to win the race. And, and I'll go on whatever diet and I will do whatever it takes to get to the prize. A farmer will work as hard as he needs to that he will work all morning, all night. He'll get up before the sun gets up and he'll get back home before, after the sun's gone down. He'll do what it takes. Why? Because he understands the prize at the end. To get a harvest that's worthy, to get a produce uh, uh, that's, you know, that's so great. They all have in common that they know where they're going. They know what the goal is at the end. They know and they see the prize and they'll do whatever it takes to get there. The crazy thing about this is that Paul, to start off these metaphors, he says this, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus, and then goes into the three metaphors. I wonder if Paul is saying here, 
are you willing to suffer? Can you endure suffering? Can you go through hard times? Are you willing to walk through trials if you understand the prize that's at the end? Do you know the vision? Do you know the purpose? Do you know where you're going? And so that even when things come against you, even when pushback comes against your life, even when things don't go how you want it to go and, and, and you walk through storms that you never thought you'd walk through before, do you know the prize? So that through it all, no matter what happens, you can keep going and you can keep showing up and you can keep turning up and you can keep heading towards the direction of that prize. See, I think Paul understood this. I think Paul's life, he didn't have to say it, but by his life that he lived and by the words that he said, or, and almost the word that he didn't say, we understand that Paul understood it. Paul understood that, that, that for the sake of the gospel, that, that Jesus died for humanity and every person needs to know. And, and, and that I will endure whatever I need to endure, right? Because the prize is that everyone has a place in heaven, that everyone deserves to know the truth of what Jesus did for them. And if it means that I have to be scale back, I have to be behind bars, if it means that I have to die for my faith, uh, I'll do it. I'll do it if, if it means that the prize of, uh, of, of the good news going out, if it means that it'll reach more people, I'll do it. Because I know the prize, I know the end goal, I know why I'm here, what I'm doing. And Paul understood that, 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 that this momentary suffering can be endured because the prize is so much greater. And so what things, what do you have that drives you to continue through life? What do you have? What, what prize, what goal, what do you focus on when things get tough that, that you can endure through the suffering? You know, in John 14, uh, I love this, the, the, the title of this chapter in my Bible says, Jesus comforts his disciples. In John 14, I'll read this out. I'll read uh, from verses one to seven. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I'm the way truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will, you will know my Father as well. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. You know, the prize that we have as believers is, is, is an eternity with our Heavenly Father. And I think Paul understood this. Paul understood that, that bars won't keep me from my prize. Chains may hold me back, but chains will not hold back the word of God that is going to go out and reach all nations. That you cannot hold back what Jesus did on the cross. And that every person deserves to know, every person has an opportunity to say, you know what, I believe that Jesus died for me. And I believe that, that in that I can be a part of his family, that I'm a son, that I'm a daughter, that when, when God looks at me, he sees Jesus, he sees the cross, and that I know that, my, that one day Jesus is coming back for me. And I think Paul understood that. He said, you know what, I'll give my life. I'll endure this because I know the prize that awaits me. And I know that this needs to be done so that the word can continue to go out. I even love that just even after 
Jesus says this. He goes on to promise the Holy Spirit, you know, and we read in Acts, Holy Spirit comes. And, and, and for me, I was just like, you know what? You know what, Jesus, you, you, you stay true to your word. You know, the promises of God, he'll stay true to it. He won't go back on his word. A promise from God is a promise kept. You know, as Jesus promised the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit's here with us now today. And just as he, Jesus promised the Holy Spirit, I believe that, that he promised that he'll be back. He'll come back for us. And so God, whatever it takes for me right now, whatever that looks like in my life right now, whatever it looks like for you, yes, God, I, I, I will, I can endure this. Because I know you're coming back for me. I know there's a prize at the end. And I will do whatever it takes so that the good news will go out. And that everyone that I know, and my friends, my family, who have the same opportunity that I've had. Jesus promises that he will not leave you, he will not forsake you. That whether you're in a storm, going through a storm, coming out of a storm, or about to go into a storm, God's there. And, and, and whatever storm comes your way, God, I will keep my eyes on you. I will keep showing up. I will keep turning up. I'll keep going. Just as a farmer, I'll, I'll, I'll just keep showing up. The rain's not coming, I'll keep showing up. I believe that there's going to be a harvest. As an athlete, I know I'm tired, but I'll get up and I'll keep training and I'll be better. Just as a soldier, I'll keep pushing on. There is a war, there is a battle to be won and I'll keep going and I'll endure whatever needs to be done so that this battle, so that this war can be won. Um, I'll finish with this. The second passage I just wanted to read here was in verses, I'll read verses 20 to 22. But in a great house, there were not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some of honor and some of dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. You know, the, the Bible, that, the version that I generally read from, it, it had utensils <laughs> instead of vessels. And I read this for so long. I was like, utensils. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. I was just like, I don't know what Paul is going on about here. <laughs> and uh, if in doubt, King James Version. So I pulled it out. <sighs> Blood. No. <laughs> I don't. And... Uh, and it uses the word vessel here instead of utensils. And, uh, and as I'm reading it and read vessels and, 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 you know, we use this metaphor analogy. You've probably heard this before, but I felt sort of God sort of bring a different flavor on it, a different angle. And he said, you know what, Trav, as a vessel of God, as someone who, 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 who's a vessel who can hold something, who holds something, and, and I just really felt him challenge me and say, as, as believers, as Christians, as a person and as a church, what are we holding? What are you filling yourself with? Right? As a vessel that holds something, what are you filling yourself with? Because Paul's writing here, Paul's writing that I want to be a vessel that can be used, that be, can be useful for the master. God, I want to be a vessel that you can use. God, I want to be a vessel that so you can use me however 
you will. However you wish, God, that you would use me. But I don't want to be a vessel that's, that's full of, of oh, I, sorry, I put this way. I want to be a vessel that's full of righteousness and love and peace and faith. Right, as Paul's saying. I want to be that vessel so that wherever I go, I can pour love and I can pour faith and peace and, and, and love. I can pour it out because I've got it in me. That's what I'm feeding myself with. That's what I'm filling myself with. That's what I'm full of. I don't want to be a vessel that's full of anger. I don't want to be a vessel that's full of bitterness, of, of jealousy. I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a vessel that's, that's full of, 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 of laziness. God, I want to be a vessel uh, that I can pour into others, that you can use me so that I can pour into others. God, that I would be useful to you, right? I'm not saying God can't use you if you're a little bit angry, but I'm saying how much more effective could we be? How much more effective would you be, could you be if we were full of love and peace and joy and faith? What if that's what was in us? What if that was, was in you? Imagine how God would use you. Imagine what God could do with a vessel that was full faith. You know, I was reminded of... Um, uh, youth ministry days and uh, I remember filling the diesel bus with unleaded fuel look youth nights can get very hectic and you know it's just a lot on my mind um, anyway I realized this about 40 liters into it and um, so that was fun but you know, it's, it's you know it's such a you know, such a cliche picture metaphor. We just talked about how I love metaphors, but you know, I just think you know, feeling that that diesel bus with unleaded fuel, right? I just think it 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 it's not what it was created for. And and filling it with unleaded fuel just it just didn't it, it wasn't fulfilling what it was called to do. It, it, it couldn't function how it was created to function. <laughs> and so what do we have to do? I had to, I didn't ring up the pastor, I was too scared. I'll tell you now. I rang up a friend of a friend. <laughs> Told the pastor on Monday. It's all good. Um, and, but what did we do? We had to unplug. And what did we do? Let it out. Had to let it out. Had to let it go. Let it flow out. God, anger. God, bitterness. God, resentment. God, grudges that I hold against people. God, the past of people have hurt me. God, I just need to let it go. I need to let it go. Because I can't hold on to it. That's an option. But I know that if I hold on to it, I won't function the way that, that I was meant to function. I know that I won't, I, I won't be able to walk as a vessel. I won't be able to be as effective. I won't be able to do what I'm called to do what I'm created to do. And so God, every now and then, I just need to let it go. I just need to let it go. And I didn't just let the unleaded fuel go and then jump in the bus and take off, no. Fill it up with diesel. Fill up with diesel this time. And I wonder, as a church, I wonder as an individual, I wonder as, as a person, as a, as a person of faith, what does it look like for you? What are you filling yourself with? What are you feeding on? What is inside you? Because Paul here is saying, Timothy, you need to be full of righteousness, of faith, of love, of peace. Because if we do that during, during suffering, if, if we're full of that, you'll be okay. 
uh, if, if people will say stuff, that's okay, I'm full of this. And, and I can, wherever I go, God will use me. That the master, that I'll be useful for the master. That's what Paul says. And so just as we end this morning,